Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. All this December, as a Christmas present to our listeners who aren't Patreon subscribers, I'm going to let you know what it sounds like to listen to a completely ad-free show. Except for this ad. So um, become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash sunranto. It costs a dollar a month. It's how we keep the lights on at this podcast. Uh, And, well, do all the cool things that we do throughout the year. Uh, Parties and events and uh, games and, well, drink beer. So uh, subscribe. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Dollar a month. Own RSS feed. You should do it. Here's a... Free show. Ad free. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show, off-season edition, 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 um, winter meetings edition. Uh, I'm Danny Rockets, one of your lovable hosts, and uh, we've got uh, Michael Cotton out there in Colorado, IA. How are you? I'm out here, high yeah. as ever. Yeah, running around, and of course... Uh, Creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and... One of the newer additions to our show, who lives in a tree... Creepy Crawley. How are you, Crawley? He hides under rocks. He lives in trees. He's (laughs) he's looking for the latest scoops. That that tree is outside of Theo's bedroom. Yep, I've I've been going through his garbage, going through his mail. (laughs) I I think the restraining order has expired, so I'm in good shape. Letting your dog shit on his lawn like he does to other people. Yep. (laughs) What do you you think is in Theo's garbage? Ah, boy, that's that, that's a good question. Probably uh, diaries uh, complaining how much he hates Tom Ricketts that he then throws away. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive there are just tons of used ulnar collateral ligaments. <laughs> just uh, just waiting to go into Tommy John, guys. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's just got a shitload of them in his house, and when they when they expire. When he hits the do not sell by date, he's got to throw him out. Yeah, he's got to throw out his cadaver ligaments. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're in the middle of a, a pretty crazy and very different from last year and definitely the last five, six years kind of winter meeting. So I think we should just go right into it. Um, man, the big rumors like going into winter meetings, everybody was like, oh, it's Contreras. He's got to go. And everybody's like, well, it doesn't really save any money. They're trying to get into the tax, which we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but it, it's Bryant. 
that's everybody's asking about, which why wouldn't you? He's like pretty goddamn good and you can get a lot for him and he's expensive and gets you under the tax. But does this surprise you that Bryant is the one? I mean, people are already in mourning on Twitter. I've seen no. I've seen both I've seen both ways. I've seen I've seen the rumors about Bryant and I've seen the rumors about Contreras and you know, I think that it a lot of people are coming to the realization that we've been talking about which is that you know, it looks like they're going to start uh selling some parts off here. Well, I you know, the first thing was Contreras all over the place and I was kind of I don't know. I didn't really like that. I think that the catcher position is a much more it's it's more important it's harder to do you can't just throw anybody over there third base is a lot easier to fill that spot and so i've always been kind of on if you're going to get rid of somebody then it should it should be kb i mean the four big names that we're talking about getting rid of are rizzo Baez, who i think across the board everybody thinks that those guys are untouchable nobody wants to get rid of them um, and then you got KB and Contreras for some reason. Those are the two that everybody's like, sure, throw those guys out there. But of those two, even though the bat, you you can't replace that bat, you can replace that spot in the field, in the field yeah. way easier well, and than you can uh, Contreras' spot. And Contreras, that's also a big bat that's going to be hard to replace, but then you're going to get a, you know, just a generic catcher as well. That well, doesn't if, sound if, good. if you do them both, you've given up next year. If you trade them both, but here's- oh, if you trade them both, I agree. If you trade them both, fucking, I don't, I don't even know why we would be watching. Yeah, unless <laughs> that, it was like that, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Is I've been saying if you're going to start getting rid of these guys and just scrap the whole thing. So even, I mean, let's say I'm not as I'm the guy here that that wants to keep Chris Bryant. Uh, if if you look at uh, Twitter lately with Matt Clapp and uh, Full Count Tommy, a lot of these guys are showing just the numbers that Chris Bryant put has put up over the last since he's gotten to the Cubs. It is he is really we're watching something that is so underappreciated. And I've I've told you my issues with uh, with Wilson and the pitch framing, but uh, you know I don't want to get rid of either of the guys. To be honest, to be honest, I don't I don't. You know, the whole point of this rebuild, this, this shit we sat through from, what, 2011 to 2014 was so that you could get these guys. And now we got them. And and, and, and I think that uh, Joe Madden was being interviewed in these winter meetings and he was talking about, you know, these guys are just going to get better. Both of them. Bryant is going to get better. Uh, Javi's going to get better. Uh, Wilson's going to get better. They're all going to get better. The, the talk about getting rid of this is just crap. It's just absolute hot garbage. Well, especially because all it would take to fix it would be money and paying the goddamn luxury tax. Yeah, and- but apparently the Rickets paid double. They went yeah. 100% over, over their budget over- on their renovations. Which, which, when you release that news a week before you go to winter meetings and start selling off your big pieces, yeah. you can easily put two and two together. I know everybody is. You oh know. yeah, but they're claiming that has nothing to do with the yeah, team. My ass. That's something totally different. It's like bullshit. If you just happen to, you know, somehow come up six hundred thousand dollars short, then you're probably looking to save some money somewhere. Do, does it strike it 
odd to any of you that the big thing that they talked about last year was Joe Madden being on the hot seat and accountability and Ross bringing up accountability, but you can go a hundred percent over budget and everybody (laughs) still has their job. Well, there's one guy that's not accountable and his name is Crane Kenny, you know, and uh, he's, he's got something on somebody. Everybody knows he's got nude pics of like the mayor. And the but mayor's again, like, I will make it everything work for you in this town as long as you never let those pictures get out. I'm and just Crane's telling you here, the two things that I talked about was that Theo promised waves of talent and Crane has promised wheelbarrows of cash. And in both ends, on the business side and the baseball side, there have been mass failures here. And who, the only one that was held accountable was Joe Madden for some reason. It was his fault. Everyone got injured. So you the have no one in the goddamn minor leagues. It's always it's, the manager. Every time. His, but that's garbage here. Oh, you're you're yeah. looking at these other guys that, that are much more responsible for the mess that you're in right now. Well, I mean, you've got a perfect storm here going, right? You've got a lack of player development. You got your Al Moores and your Haps that aren't really coming through. You've got, um, well, and, and Schwarber up until, the, well, one half of one year. Uh, as well, you can throw on that list. You've got giant free agent Two. signings that are are, are, are a total uh, hole in the in the lineup for years and years. Even though it was better last year, his name is Jason Hayward. You've got uh, well, John Lester. You could even put on that list right now because, but we knew this was going to happen. You know, end of the contract. You pay twenty five million dollars for uh, a fifth starter. We knew that was the case. I mean, and so you've got those two things going on, and then add to it. The fact that Ricketts doesn't want to go over the luxury tax. Oh, and then the bad signings at that. Brandon Morrow. At I mean, he- I think the bad signings are have a lot more to do with it than anything else. With Ricketts because- pulling the rug, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing with my money? Who'd you get? Oh no! What are you, Tyler Chatwood? Come I'm on, a- you jerk. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the thing that's hurt you most is the is the lack of any pitching prospects from the Theo regime. Oh yeah. Because that that's where you talk about, you know, when you talk about Jason Hayward, was that a bad signing? Look, every other GM was looking to make that signing. That I don't look at that as a bad signing. Uh I think that he's been put in positions that he shouldn't be a leadoff hitter. He shouldn't be playing center field. I think um, Jason Hayward busts out with his best year to date uh but- in twenty twenty. I think twenty nineteen was his best year up to this point. I think he puts up an even better year next year. But it, like you said, last year he got kind of derailed a few times by, you know, Joe throwing him around in some different spots that he shouldn't have been in. And and that's because you didn't have anybody else. I mean, what were you going to do? I mean, we were playing the whole that's game true. of who's the leadoff hitter. You know, it, it doesn't matter who you put in there. You were screwed. Now, here, here's what I'm saying here, though. If you Look at the failures that have happened. It's because of the lack of pitching. And when we talk about the lack of pitching, you're going to end up having these issues of you, you, you have, you got rid of you to get Jose Quintana. You got rid of season Eloy. You got, you had to get Justin Wilson. That was a flop in 2017. You had to get Tyler Chatwood. That was a flop. All these flops all go back to, the lack of pitching that was developed in this organization. That's what it all boils down to right here. Yeah. Well, Chapman, I, Chapman and Glabar Torres, all of these things. And again, I would do the Glabar Torres to Chapman trade every time again, over and over again. I'm just saying is, is you've had to do these moves to make up for the lack of pitching that has not been developed. 
Oh, absolutely, especially starting pitching because, you know, I know that what Theo wants to do is he's like, well, I'm just going to buy all the pitching because I got, you know, Daddy Ricketts money here. I'm going to, you know, spend $20 million a year on every pitcher in my uh, starting rotation. But you can't do that. You really just can't do that. You need to have somebody like a Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals come up and perform and be making league minimum or thereabout. You know, that that's how that has to work. You know, you had um, Hendricks there for years, and then now that's over. Uh, oh, that's the other part of the perfect storm is just all the young talent we had is now getting more expensive. Like Bryant is the reason they're trying to move him. It's the $19 million, right? Or eighteen or whatever, wherever he's going. Well, get I don't. Sure. I don't think it's so much the. I mean, but it's it is not necessarily that-, that they can't pay that nineteen million this year. It's that if they want to add other things, they think they need to get rid of that. Yeah, because they need because they need to get pitching just because they didn't develop it. So what I mean, it's all this circular thing that's all connected. The perfect storm, like you're getting blown. You know, I wish I was getting blown. No, no, I know. <laughs> oh God, I wish Papa. Rick well, that's was the problem. Me. Is Theo was backstage with Pearl Jam after the show, just getting blown. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but I agree. Uh, you know, now you're you're down a starter. I mean, there's no depth in the starting rotation right now. Uh, they so they got to get it from somewhere. So we're like sitting there being like, well, I guess they're Alec Mills or you know maybe Braylon Marquez's guy Alzali. I mean, I guess that is what the list is going to be unless they do make any moves. You, I mean. <laughs> The thing is, you're not going to get anybody good. Like, what? Or are they going to move Bryant to get Keuchel? Then you're like, well, you're still where you were. Yeah, you're, you're, you, you, know, you don't get under that. Um, I was listening to the Cubs Talk Live podcast, and they were explaining how the numbers were working because they were trying to cut sixty million off the books before they did anything. That was just to get down to where they wanted to be, like zero, right? And, oh, my God, baseball math is fucking bullshit. Like, it's just so annoying to listen to him talking about, well, this guy has this money, and then this comes off, and that money comes on. And ugh. Well, a bunch of money did come off, but the problem is the young guys are getting paid more now. Well, they right. They just want more and more and more money off. They did drop – they've dropped, like, $50 million, Like, $50 million off of the payroll from last year already. Yeah. But – you know, Ricketts is still getting hung up over the last 10. He's like, it has and, to be 10 more. And, and, and a lot of that gets negated with the, with all the guys getting the arbitration raises and all that. And, and the trouble now that you have here is that got people are making moves and there, there are other minor moves that could have been made that aren't being made because of that, that $10 million that we're arguing about. You know, we're, we're talking about guys that you're not signing because you're a million or two short, which in baseball money is nothing. Yeah, like uh, Josh in Ricketts money. They have billions. Like people are looking at like Josh Lindblom from Korea, who was the best pitcher in Korea last year, won some award, Um, you know, guys like that, which, you know, that's what we everybody's saying that that's what they're doing. They're looking at these different guys from Japan who the Akiyama, maybe center fielder, leadoff hitter looking for five, six mil like two years ago. Akiyama's already on the team and going to play in Iowa. With a major oh, yeah, league, yeah, yeah. with who, a major league contract, five, just five in million case. bucks a year for three years. Let's do it. Yeah, just in case uh, somebody gets a little hurt, you know. But no, but now it's just like they've reined it in, and you know, part of me is like, okay, the Ricketts do spend a lot of money, 
they're using that luxury tax as a um, a cap, even though it's not. Um, other sports, by the way, don't have caps, which uh, I didn't know that. No, Wait, they do. Their their caps work differently, though. Yeah, what they have is a hard cap. Yeah. So when you're talking about hockey or football, you're you're talking about a or basketball. You're talking about a hard cap. Yeah, yeah, and they literally just can't go over it. They they only wear those in the bleachers with the uh, the, the hard hat bleacher bumps. That's the only hard cap at Wrigley. I, I, if you if you just look today, there uh, now Houston is talking about potentially trading some of their talent because of money. This is this is all set, settling up for the big CBA fight that's going to be coming up shortly. So well, and what's ridiculous know. is the players' union actually agreed to this luxury tax idea so that the you know because i think the owners wanted the cap right and the players union doesn't want the cap so they went to the luxury the luxury tax that was their their compromise because they thought well it's a luxury tax it's just this little thing that makes it so that it doesn't really um affect us or whatever you know it costs- you got to pay an extra 16 million and then, you know, and then the penalties twenty million the next year. It's like who cares? And then the penalties kick in with the uh, draft picks at some point once you're in there for too and that, long. That's and- like five or six years if you're above that number. It's it's three years, three consecutive years if you're above that number. Then then you start getting really kind of nailed as far as the fines, uh, international po- bonus pool money, uh, those type of things. Yeah. Uh, so- Patrick Mooney though had an interesting piece in the Athletic today where he was talking, look, you know, obviously you're not going to make a Steven Strasburg huge mega deal, but this was something that he kind of pointed out is that the Cubs had targeted this player from Milwaukee, a reliever, Alex Claudio, a lefty reliever, right? Yeah, he went back to Milwaukee, right? Right. He went back to Milwaukee on a one-year, $1.75 million contract. You can't get that done? You can't. We can't get that done. That's what what, uh, Michael's saying. Yeah. Nothing's no. getting done until we're at that zero number that that is on the budget, which which, which is frustrating because you're like, well, you did two fifty last year. I mean, you could get some shit done for you know, get us up to two thirty and have twenty million during the season. Like, but it honestly seems like they're punting on the year. Now, everything else you hear from everybody, you know, the you know, they're not going to say that. In the- fact, what they're doing is calling me on the phone today. And sending me an email as well to try to get me to buy group tickets next year. That's what they're. Just, that's what their main thing is. Is like yeah. they're just going to string us along and be like, "No, no, we're good." You know, Daniel Scalzo is going to be awesome. Trust me. <laughs> and then you're, you're like, "Well, I guess we still have Rizzo." <laughs> and then, then you know, Bodie's yeah. good at third, right? And you're like, "Oh, I guess we'll just get gaslighted into buying tickets and going to see this goddamn team." It's, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that, I can't stand Descalso. There is a possibility that he comes back and has a better year than he did. I mean, he has to have a better year than last year because last year sucked balls. But I, I'm really not holding my breath for it. They need a second baseman. That's really what they should be concerning themselves with in the position spot outside of pitching. And a center but, fielder and uh Freaking well, they got all their coaches now, but they need a fifth starter. I mean, it's not a great option, but they they have like none of them are real great options. But they've got like twenty seven center fielders. They've got Hap and Almora and 
Hayward can play over there a little bit. And uh, Bryant, Bryant you know, can play there. Yeah, Chris Bryant can play. They've, they've got like all these guys that can play center field. I'm not that concerned about center field. You may take a hit at the plate, but maybe not. You know, maybe I, if a person doesn't, you know, isn't Almora and leading off, if he's batting in the A spot, maybe it's not that big a deal. I saw another article that, you know, basically talks about how, how center field has just been a black hole position for the Cubs. They just haven't. If you think about, you know, if you go around the diamond and you think about who are the great players, you know, first baseman, you know, you could go Rizzo, Derek Lee, Mark Grace, third baseman, Aramis, Bill Madlock, Ron Sant. You can't think about center fielders in the Cubs position. Somebody that's really kind of dominated or somebody that you think of, that's my guy. Jim Edmonds. Who is it? Dude, I knew you were going to fucking say that name. <laughs> Fuck Jim Edmonds. I'm, I'm just asking, who, who have the Cubs ever really had as a center fielder? This has just been – this. it's very similar to – I put it on Twitter the other day – very similar to the Bears and the quarterback situation. You know, every time they play the Packers and they put up all the 30 quarterbacks the Bears have had since Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's the same thing with Cubs center fielders. You go down the list and you think about it. Why is it that we cannot have a center fielder in, in on the Cubs? Mel Hall. <laughs> There's your guy. Do you, do you okay, remember that, Mel Hall? I remember Mel Hall. I remember Corey Patterson. I mean, we, we, we can Bobby <laughs> Dernier. I love Bobby Dernier. There you go. The deer, uh, the deer. Yeah. You know, just n- only been not really 30 years. <laughs> the deer. And, and he was kind of towards the tail end of his career on that one. Yeah, and I think Mel Hall was right after Dernier, too. Like, we're going way back. But uh, me and my sister, a little funny story. Me and my sisters loved Mel Hall for whatever reason because he would constantly, I think it was his rookie year or right around there, He when he was making catches, he was going back towards the wall there were many plays where he smacked his face into the brick wall and took a dive. Like that was like kind of his thing. Um, either that, or we just saw it a few times, but we would play that game, which was just basically Mel Hall, which was us running at full speed, trying to catch a ball and smacking into the garage. <laughs> so he, Mel Hall was a precursor to Reed Johnson. Yeah. Oh man. Reed oh, yeah. Johnson with that goatee that he had. I just remember Reed Johnson, same thing. It's like, would you please stop running into the wall? That's not yes. going to prolong your career. How about, how about Be, my uh, people loved Reed Johnson because he smashed his face into that wall. How about, how about my coworker, um, David DeJesus? Did he played center? Didn't he? Yeah. Did he? I thought and, he played right and smacked into walls. He was a yeah. center fielder. Hmm. Well, I, I think I remember him playing more right field. That's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah, it might be more right. Or I'm just try- I'm picturing him after. Do you remember th- there was a play? I think it was in 2013 or something like that. Maybe 14. When when did he play for us? 12, 13, somewhere around there. <laughs> I, don't know. I like how you said four different numbers and then yeah. you said when did he play for us? A completely different number. No, but 2013, I, 2012. He went. He smacked into a wall hard one day, really hard. Got I, I concussed himself and messed up his shoulder. So. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, we need more center fielders that are willing to lay their bodies out on on the warning track and, and smack in the walls. I remember that was one of the problems with Alfonso Soriano is that he was always scared of the brick wall. Oh, like, yeah, he would go yeah. hard back to the to the warning track and then be like holding up. And uh, 
he would freeze like a deer in a headlight. Yeah, and then he would, and then he couldn't do that little hop, right? So then he wouldn't be able to catch the ball without just, the hop. It he was, just hops into the ivy. Yeah. Ah, Andre Dawson grabs him. Ah, <laughs> he, but yeah, he man, he had a he had a real fear of that wall. He used to get, uh, you know, real shaky feet right when he got near it. 2012, we have David DeJesus played 100 games in right field, 50 games in center, yeah. and oh, three okay. games in left. All right, well. Yeah, three games in left. They, well, that's because they played a few of those games with, I think, seven or eight players. They just <laughs> were like, you know, he he actually counted as both for some of those innings. That well, that was right after he smashed his head, and uh, he couldn't figure out right field from left field. Yeah, so they like, just eh, moved the left fielder over to right. Yeah, it's fine. Well, we're losing anyway. Just yeah. go take the. Like when kids run out to the field and they're arguing over the spot, just one of you, one of you, go over to third. Just fucking go. <laughs> So um, one exciting thing that could happen is that if uh, David Bodie does take over third base, uh, Brizzo will be Bozo. So that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really thrilled about that. And, you know, I did look up some numbers because everybody's tweeting out the numbers like why not to trade Chris Bryant. Most fans are against it. I think the ratio is do not trade Rizzo, um, do not trade Bryant. Because it it's going to be worse, and it, and I agree, I totally agree. But I've given Chris Bryant a lot of shit on this show, and it's only because the expectations of the once in a generation player that we are promised aren't necessarily adding up. Now this could still be the case. Like this guy could go on to a Hall of Fame career. If you look, if you include his fifteen and sixteen numbers when he uh, won the MVP, you know. Uh, it's it, his whole career has been great overall. His seventeen, his seventeen numbers were really good. Seventeen numbers were good, and then it's it's dropped off, and we know why. In eighteen, it was because of injury. Um, but you know, last year, you know, we're talking like twenty eighth in offensive war last year in the majors. So thirty teams, you're twenty eighth. So yeah, you're you're one of the best players in the majors. I get it, but at the same time, twenty eighth. Does not like make me be like once in a generation player. You know what I mean? What? He, was he was injured last for most year of the year. Last he was year. injured with with the leg year leg injury last year. He was injured most of the year. The year before was a shoulder injury. Right. So that's what. And so then there's that. So you're like, okay, that's an excuse. That's why he wasn't as good as before. Well, these injuries start to add up a little bit over time. You know, you're like, well, now nah, I got a bum knee. Like, dude, we've lived. I've lived 45 years in this body. I know that once I get hurt in this place, that it will continue to hurt on and off for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as you get older, this shit just happens more and more and more. Every little, every time you hit the, the fucking corner of the coffee table, when you walk through your living room, like that adds up pretty soon. You'll need crutches. Like you're just done because you banged it just that little bit. It never stopped you each time. But the overall, like, pain of that is going to ruin you. And that's what we're a little worried about with KB. With any of these guys, uh, Rizzo's back. You know, we've gone through two seasons now where he's had a a major back injury that's kept him out of a a bunch of games. That is a concern. Javi's heel. I mean, hopefully that doesn't continue to nag at him. you know, but it definitely bothered him during the season last year. John Lester's acid reflux. 
when I when I look though, and you're talking about overhand throw. When you're looking at what people are saying, I see more people with the attitude of "We're not going to sign Chris Bryant in two years, so just let him go." And I think, I think, like I said, I think getting rid of Bryant. I've always been against it since we've started talking about it. Uh, I, I think it is a a huge mistake if that's the way they are going to go. The numbers clearly indicate that, and and that I guess I'm just kind of blown away. I mean, I've sat through some shit seasons. I'm talking about going to 30, 40 games of hundred losing, you know, hundred losing games uh, seasons, and now we finally got like a manager in Joe Madden, and nobody was happy with that. Who is probably the best <laughs> manager we've seen in our lifetime? We got a third baseman who was the rookie of the year MVP. Uh, one of the clutch hits in the home run in the World Series in Game Five, and yet all of a sudden everyone's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm good with Chris Bryant growing." Are you kidding me? Did well, did did nobody live through not seeing Greg Maddox walk away? I'm sorry, man. Maybe I'm just scarred on that, but I, I'm not interested in seeing Chris Bryant go and have a successful career somewhere else. Well, I, I agree. That is so frustrating. But then you even look at his. I mean, uh, let me push back a little bit with some with some real hard numbers. Uh, you know, no, they're not real hard. He's a great player. But Bryant, even in 2016, when he did win the MVP, it was the 57th best season according to WRC Plus. So I used that number um, since. Uh, he was called up in 2015. So, you know, that's that's good, right? There's it's really good. It's but really is it, good. Yeah. But is it elite? Is it is it what? Because I think this whole thing might be a little bit of a bluff as well. So, oh, you, you don't want to uh, sign this extension that we offered you a couple years ago. Well, here's another 20 million to, to show we're dealing in good faith because of the, the whole, you know, uh, didn't call you up when you should have been up thing because we thought Mike Holt was the future. Um, you know, we're, you know, it, why don't, why don't you sign this extension and they extend KB after scaring the living shit out of him? Um, because he really does not want to move out of the, out of Chicago after he just built that custom DVD case for his, uh, Disney collection. Yeah. Um, You know, in that, that contract that they, offered that extension that was a good faith offer i mean you're not gonna well we don't know what the offer was right just... well, nobody knows this is this is something well they that say is, it was over means... 200 million it was right it was like that's, that's what they say we don't know what if there was or wasn't that offer at all kaplan i don't know kaplan will tell anybody that listens he's like don't tell anybody but uh 200 million and then like somebody else will walk in the room that like is like <laughs> like the janitor or something and he's like hey just so you know uh bright was offered 200 million he turned it down <laughs> yeah no but that was a, it's it, pretty common knowledge is what i'm saying maybe it wasn't exactly what he wanted but it's fucking more than anybody else is gonna make and when you look at the way things have shaken out over these last few years it was definitely a good offer and if he had taken it nobody'd be fucking saying anything now but he didn't take it he turned down a good offer maybe not the best offer but a good offer and when he did that he made it more likely that he's planning on walking after his uh rookie status or whatever rookie contract years or whatever the fuck they're called um the team control arbitration uh yeah yeah, arbitration Team controlled arbitrate. Yeah, yeah. We know we everybody. I think that listens to the show knows exactly what you're talking. We about. know, even though we don't know what it's fucking called. But we're worried that he's going to walk. And if you listen to Kaplan, he keeps bringing up the Detroit Tigers. Their entire 
pitching staff from like 2014 is gone, and every single one of them has a World Series ring at this point. Yeah, and half of them have Cy Youngs. And yeah, and they got nothing for those guys. And that's the concern because all those years, Crawley, that you're talking about that you sat through shitty teams, true. They didn't have anybody fucking worth getting rid of. Now that they've got good teams, they have good players, and you don't want to let them walk away. You don't want a Greg Maddox situation where he just decides to go to fucking Atlanta and have his Hall of Fame career there. Well, they 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 let him go because they tried to get him on the cheap, and then they didn't uh, negotiate enough a fair yeah. price. Wasn't right it now? Like- all, you, all you have to do right now, take a look. What did Steven Strasburg just do? He just signed up with the Nationals again. No, but the, but okay, Crowley, the best I contract. agree. The Cubs should have offered him more money, but they didn't. And if they weren't going to offer him a good uh, contract, then they should have traded him earlier. That's the point. And if they had offered him the numbers that Atlanta gave him and he turned it down, that's one thing. But they didn't. You're right. And if they're not going to offer him the money that he should make, which I believe Chris Bryant got offered a fair offer, if he's not going to take the fair offer, then you have to look at uh, moving him and getting something back. Any, so like, where, and, where, and I don't want to say anything, but you need to get something back for him because he, he's already basically tipped his hand that he doesn't want to come play for you. I don't. I don't think that's right at all. I think that that wh- who's Chris Bryant going to sign with? Who's he going to sign with? Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, uh, the Phillies. He's going to go over there and be with his fucking buddy Bryce Harper. No, no. And they're gonna going to run the with? league. Who's he going to sign with? I. You know what? Chris Bryant just bought a dog. His dog's name is Philly. It's really. I mean, the writing's on the wall, people. He is signing with the person that writes him the biggest check. That's who he's signing with. He doesn't yeah, give well, a shit we about know that's not service be the time or because they went hundred percent over on the renovations. Well, this is where this is where I'm I'm this is where I'm not happy about this situation. That's when I saw Tom Ricketts come in and, and, and give me a speech, my expectation was every dollar was going right back into the team. Yeah, untrue. But I, I okay. already did you not have your bullshit meter going whoop 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 when he well, said I'm, that? All I'm telling you is I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna hold him to it. That's yeah, all. Every That's all dollar went back into the team until it went over budget. If we have any documentary filmmaker listeners, I think it would be worth <laughs> documenting Crawley's Cubs convention this year. <laughs> because <laughs> I think there might be some amazing footage. Like, you know, it might be, you might be, uh, like, this might be the best Cubs film since this old Cub. Where, where, where I'm going to be dragged out and they're going to throw my cooler after me like I go and then my blue cooler goes on top of me. Well, no, just, just like this old cub, uh, like the end of the movie was Ron Santo not getting into the Hall of Fame and it like broke everyone's heart. Yeah, it's going to be you like passed out on a fucking ballroom floor with well, an empty ha- cooler next to you. That happens anyway. That's not new. <laughs> That's every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this time you're just crying. You're just sitting there crying. You're once, like, once again, every dollar yeah. was going back to the team. I thought that was the plan. They they promised us. Yeah. Well, I hope Crazy Hat Lady shows up because I'm sure she's going to have a thing or two to say about it. I mean, I mean, my, my thing is this. If you're broke, then do me a favor. Open up the books. Let's see them. 
Open up the books. Let's let let's see it, and then I'll. I'll oh I'll Jesus! You know they're not going to do that. They okay, already then, owe all the taxes on that fucking house then, on the lake. Then I don't want to hear it. Yeah, they're, they spend they're, the money. They yeah, hate or charge or spend the money or charge me five dollars for a Bud Light. Take your choice. Yeah. Well, the the Ricketts hate taxes more than Rob Manfred hates baseball. That is a for sure, and I think. They're taking us for suckers. At least I've been starting to feel like they're trying to do that to me. In fact, like, you know how they offered everybody season tickets, including me, or they didn't offer them to us. They said, hey, it looks like your number might come up. I'm like, really? I'm 21,000th. That doesn't make sense. And they're like, no, no, it's coming. And I'm like, all right. And so I have a conversation. They're like, "How, how much do you make? How likely would you be to buy tickets? Are you interested in group tickets? Like, it's all a big scam, and they're like, "Ah, we'll tell them that they're almost up on the scene ticket holder account. We'll sell all their information." Here's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't trust them as far as I could throw them, but they know billionaires know what they have to sell, and they will sell you anything. Like, if they will sell you, they will sell you a vial of Wrigley Field air that once like blew somewhere near Clark and Addison. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, we need to we need to start marketing. That's yeah, that shit. yeah. We should but Wrigley Air. I'll go down there and collect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just take a picture of yourself doing it so that it's it's certified. Certified. I'll, I'll get an authentication sticker. <laughs> oh, I mean, here's but but here's the thing. Going back to Bryant, that I'm just not getting right now is that you got rid of Joe Madden. You're talking about getting rid of Chris Bryant, all while you're trying to sell cable companies on selling your new network and your fans. hotel and your new Shake Shack and your Harley Davidson store and your rooftops and your new party patio and your new. Fancy-ass hey, clubs. They, I mean, it's ridiculous, really, Crawley. It's ridiculous. But, 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 Danny, what we're talking about here is they've been waiting for years to control this network. Now you have it, and you got a team right now. Let's say they do get Chris Bryant or Wilson Contreras or both. Then where do you place the Cubs in the Central Division? You think people are really going to want to watch your new network when the team's going to look like shit? Nobody Who has enthusiasm? Name me one Cubs well, fan. We, right we'll, we're going to watch it. You know? Yeah. Hey. yeah. We're going to watch it. And that's what they know. They know we're going to watch this fucking thing because we're idiots. We (laughs) are addicted to the crack that is baseball. Well, at this point, it's just because I do a podcast about it. (laughs) But but right, right, right now, they don't have Comcast, which is the biggest market in Chicago. So the majority of Chicagoans are not going to see it. And the point is, is if you want to, if you want to kind of force Comcast hand, you better have something worth showing on the damn TV. Yeah, well, no, they, I mean, see, I, I think that's where you're wrong because they don't give again. They don't give a shit what what product is on the field as long as you show up. And if it if Wrigley is the only place you can go to watch the Cubs, then that's where you're going to watch the Cubs. Yeah. If so Marquee have, have is 12- the only place you can go to watch the Cubs, then that's where you're going to watch the Cubs. They don't fucking care if it's goddamn Teletubbies on the thing, as long as you're there and it turns on once or twice a day. If you are turning it on and you're charging advertising dollars, then you better have eyeballs on it is all I'm saying. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be watching. I can tell you. And when you, and you can see the numbers going down the last couple of years, they've gone down. But I, I, but I don't think they're going down to a, to a, position that you're that is going to make that big a deal now granted if 
this was a better team, the numbers would be better. But I don't think the numbers are going to be so different that uh, it's going to make, you know, that big of a, a change in what they're doing, whether or not KB is on third base or not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think Plus, that's what the Ricketts thought. The rest of the they... Central blows. They have been the whole. The Brewers have been fucking selling everything off. The Cardinals are doing nothing, and the only team making moves is the Reds. So, I mean, we're looking at Reds in first place. Everybody else battling for fourth. Like it's going to be ridiculous next year. That right there will keep people tuning in because the Cubs are never going to be out of first place by more than eight games. Well, right now they're they're a they all suck. They're a five hundred baseball team, and and uh, Vegas has them at plus eighteen hundred to win it. Now that is actually kind of like right in the middle of the pack. So that's a five hundred baseball team. Nobody's really expecting them to do to win. Uh, especially not the World Series, you know, Astros, Yankees, you know, Dodgers right there. But they're the only teams that are even under plus a thousand. What yeah, I'm going to tell what, what I'm going to tell you, though, is we are living in a post World Series Cub era. And I think what you're talking about, Michael, is is how things used to be. We would all be starry eyed and say, maybe this is the year the Cubs won. But the expectations have now been raised. Okay, and with those raised expectations, people again take a look at other teams. This is not how it works for other teams. For other teams, if you're at a 500 team, nobody gives a shit about the team. Go take a look at the attendance number on some of these teams. They're garbage. Look at the TV ratings. They're garbage. And now that I've seen the drop off of interest in people since the Cubs won the World Series, and especially in 18 and 19. And and you go talk to season ticket holders and how many people are taking baths on these things because you can buy them for five dollars on StubHub. It, it's it's not playing out the way it used to, and it's not like I said, it's not that uh, that mentality that people used to have of let's just go to the ballpark and maybe those Cubs will do something and and spark us. People want to see a winner. We've now got used to them spending money. We've gotten used to them winning, and now I think it's going to be hard for people to go back. Right, because even if because what what did they tell all the season ticket holders this year? Oh, your prices went down, which we blew holes in because it's just more April games that really happened. For your average, your average ticket price actually went up, and it's going to go up for everybody else. Uh, this year as you buy individual game tickets. So they're raising prices, telling you they're lower, which is gaslighting right there. And at the same time, you know, getting all this ticket information from everybody. This is the first time this has happened, by the way, if you didn't know about like, you know, the whole market research season ticket holder situation that they've been doing. So at the same time that they're doing that and making it seem like there's, you, you know, you should have this desire to have these tickets and Cubs tickets are the hottest ticket in town. They're just basically snowing you even more in the fact that they know what that the best thing that they could do is keep you interested at like a maybe slightly above 500 baseball team in a central that doesn't have a juggernaut that, you know, that keep you coming to the ballpark, keep you interested enough, have a nice summer. They know that Chicago's cold. Everybody wants to come out to the ballpark. They bought all of that. They bought your grandma watching the game. They and they bought you watching your watching the game with your what, grandma. You watching your grandma, <laughs> your grandma watching watch the, the game. They, I mean, they bought all that. They bought the family legacy. They knew exactly what they bought. This is a billionaire family. 
that we didn't even mention the, that they just made billions and billions selling their family business, which correct. You know, so DD Ameritrade. So they they knew, and so I think they're playing us for a little bit of suckers at this point. Like we don't have to totally go for it. You just you know, and it won't be as bad as like they're playing the whole world for suckers. I mean, we we know that. I mean, I've how long have I been saying it? PK Ricketts. This is what PK Wrigley did. Yeah, he got a good team. It was good for a little while, and then when it started to go bad, he just didn't give a fuck about it. But guess what? He invented the friendly confines, and he put uh, trees out in the outfield. He put ivy on the wall, and the fucking world got beautifully on family days. And, and it was all nice. Everything was great about the Cubs, except for the fucking team on the <laughs> field. And that's what the Ricketts are doing. But they're, I'm tell- what I'm telling you is everything around the neighborhood, everything's going to be wonderful. They're going to make it a place to go and there's and they're going to put jack shit out on the field. If you again, there's a lot of mythology that goes into the Cubs and Wrigley Field. In many many decades, it was not a popular team or a place to go. In fact, Wrigley was considered a dump for a long time. The neighborhood was a dump. And what well, ended up one of the ha- reasons they didn't have lights is because it was dangerous at night. And and you would have in, in the 70s, they would close the entire upper deck because they didn't have enough people to sell tickets to it. OK, it wasn't until the, the, what, what a lot of people, you know, our generation or maybe, you know, a little bit younger than us are remembering is that Harry Carey came into town. The Cubs almost got to the World Series in 84 and that got people fired up and people invested in the neighborhood, et cetera, well, and, et cetera. And the Tribune Company bought it and everybody thought, OK. Wrigley's finally out. Tribune companies in th- good things are going to happen. And within a couple of years, good things did happen. But then the Tribune company kind of did the same fucking thing. I'm just telling you that, that, that this is not the even the early 80s anymore where you have th- four channels on the TV and you don't have options of what to do. Uh, I'm telling you that baseball has to be real careful and then the Rickets have to be real careful because they the, the, the Cubs as a brand were able to benefit off the Superstation and Harry Carey in a way that created fans everywhere that they went, okay? But, but that, what, that's not going to last forever. And, and if they're going to not put a great product on the field, I think you're and, – and especially at the prices that they charge for, for the tickets, for the concessions – for parking, you're going to see less and less people in the seats. Yeah, I mean, fifty dollars, sixty bucks to park in that uh, that lot that's on—I uh, forget what street it is. Uh, you, you know, with the where Stewart parks, right? In, by Irving Park, or yeah, Grace? Right, yeah, Grace, right, right on Grace. It, you know, that, it's like fifty bucks, sixty bucks to park in there. Um, you can save money by like you know renting one of the garages from one of the local neighbors that do it for thirty bucks or whatever. But um, you know, it's it's. Yeah, sixty bucks for ninety bucks for the ticket, maybe more. Beers went from eight dollars when I first started going again in twenty twelve, or when I moved back, I should say, because I was going the whole time. But I remember when it was six bucks, and then I could get a like a Heineken in New York at that time for three, four bucks at like a dive bar. Right. And then it's Wrigley gonna- was six bucks. And now it's twelve dollars, and I could still go to a dive bar and get a five dollar <laughs> beer. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I can just tell you I've been going to Wrigley. The only time I really haven't gone to Wrigley is in the 90s when I was in college, in the late 90s. But I can just tell you, let's say from when I really started, when I came back from college and really started going to games and paying for things on my own and all that stuff, I, I've everything has doubled in price. Everything. 
at least doubled in price. Whether you're talking about CubsCon tickets, whether you're talking about game tickets, whether you're talking about beers, hot dogs, you name it, everything's doubled. Right. Yeah. And, and Crawley, I am not disagreeing with your premise. I think that you are correct in that people will stop going eventually when the team gets bad enough. It's going to be a while, though. It's not going to be this year. I'll tell you that. As long as they're around 500 and they're in the hunt at the end of the year, which they will be because everybody in the Central is kind of fucking off. Um, so that's going to – I mean, the Cubs are still in the division race right now in winter meetings because nobody else is doing anything. And as long as that happens, people will keep going. Look at the last really bad stretch of Cubs, right? That was that uh, 2012-2013 time frame, right? Maybe 2011 as well. But they were in the playoffs in 07 and 08, and the attendance didn't drop off drastically until basically that 12 season. Until they tanked. Until they tanked tanks. So that's what I mean. Like they could just tread water, keep yeah. people somewhat interested, somewhat interested, and play us for suckers for a while. And I think they know that. Like they have they've hired people to to tell them that. They're like, hey, you know, if you just raise it like three bucks, you'll make this much more, and then they'll still keep coming because they already bought group tickets for the Saturday because they do every year. Be, yep. But keep, keep this in mind that the Ricketts own large amounts of property around the ballpark and they charge rent for those places. And and all of those places are being affected. So you're not going to be able to charge rent, whether you're talking about Dutch and Docks, whether you're talking about Big Star, whether you're talking about Smoke Daddies, Lucky Doors. No, uh, they'll all close if, if they no And restaurants, they up op, they operate at a loss for uh, much of the year. Oh. But they're trying to keep it, make it a destination place even in the winter right now which i i think it kind of is it always was in a way the the kind of suburban crowd would come in there on the weekends in the winter but i think now because it is um and i am making air quotes nicer now um that it is a little bit more of a destination for uh, michael you were just there when you came into town yeah we went were there people we were around there this weekend and my kids wanted to go by wrigley we were there for approximately twenty minutes. Well, they we got went. they got the the Christmas Kindle market in the old parking lot now. You know, I mean, yeah, and they, they're and, doing a lot and ice skating on that little tiny rink. That's really not very good. It's kind of expensive. I couldn't believe how many people were out on the ice skating rink. Yeah, because they want to do it. They're like in the shadow. Of, I've done it, you know, in the shadow of Wrigley. There you are, you know, skating around. You never thought you would. And, you know, they got a Christmas tree. It's all lit up. I mean, they're making well, it a you place know, you go I like think they just They just need to take a, a page out of Trump's book, how he makes the government pay to stay at his hotels. Whoever they sign just has to live at Hotel Zachary and pay them for it. There it is. And then they have to eat at the big star and they have to, you know, like that's all they like. Part of the contract is uh, during the season, you have to stay in Wrigleyville for all of your needs. At a Ricketts own property. At a Ricketts own. You you live in a Ricketts own property. You uh, eat at their restaurants. You know, you're required to be in (laughs) out at uh, Gallagher way for 12 minutes every day. Ice skating. 
ice skating in the so summer. I Roller think, skating. I, I think we've beat this whole, like, uh, basically catch-22 situation that the Cubs are in right now to death at this point. I, I, yeah. And because I think we got most heated, we got most heated at the Ricketts, didn't we? About oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I don't disagree with anything that Crawley's saying or you're saying. I, I think we're all just... We're angry at the Ricketts, and because they're not in front of us, we're yelling at each other. I would say that, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm angry all the way down. All, you know, I think there's a lot of blame that goes around here, and like I said, I think the only one, and Danny mentioned it, the manager's always the easiest one, but I, I think if it was who I blame least for this situation, it was Madden. No doubt. Everybody else, everybody else has their jobs. Right. Well, you know, at least of all the things that the, that the Ricketts have not done, one thing they did do, was they replaced the manager with everybody's favorite, the most famous backup catcher in the history of all baseball, David Ross. Well, and he gave an interview today. So uh, you took some notes on this, didn't you, Crawley? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because this is really kind of the first time we heard Chris, uh, David Ross speak at length since his press conference and uh, where he mentioned, I don't know, I think Danny counted 40 accountabilities or something. Yeah, only one Just I counted. I listened today and I was kind of in and out, but I only counted one accountability. There was only one accountability and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was. I feel like I, he I, said relationship 80 I times, did, though. I think he did much better this time around. I don't know. I think that the the moment kind of overwhelmed him when he uh, when he got the job, and you have to do the stupid put the put the jersey on over the jacket type thing. But I think this time he was with the beat writers. It was kind of a lot more mellow, and he I think he did a good job. But there was you know some interesting things that he was putting out there and and again he's got to be the company guy now so you know it's kind of weird talking you know one of the first questions I think is Bruce Levine was asking about you know what the offseason's like for guys like Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras hearing their names um, I don't know if anyone saw this on I put it on Insta on Twitter and it was uh, on Wilson's Instagram he kind of had like a cryptic picture of him it looked like walking like leaving the the Cubs dugout. Yeah, that always. that was that was definitely demonstrative of like a guy about to be traded. He's like, well, and he's like walking down the hall. It's his back, and there's like the blue lights, like walking away from the clubhouse. And I think that a guy like Wilson, who is so emotional, this is got this whole off season is not good for him. I, I don't think it's good for his mental health. I think there's other guys that you know just know it comes with the territory. But I think Wilson loves this team and wants to play here, and I think he takes it to heart. So Rossi was asked about you know uh, Chris Bryant, who is a friend, uh, you know, close friend of his, and this this idea that there's a potential he gets traded. And so Rossi kind of was talking about how you know you want more guys like Chris Bryant on your team and that he already does have a relationship with, but that Theo and Jed got a job to do, and they look at every option on how to make the team the best team they possibly can for this year and long-term. But then he ends it by saying, if I, knew, if I know anything about baseball, it's about rumors aren't always as they seem, and I see that now more that I'm behind the curtain, like he's Wizard of Oz or something, I don't know. But Well, um, no, he just doesn't have to sit around like the rest of us schmucks and wonder. He knows exactly what's happening he knows whether, like, how close these trade talks are actually becoming or not. You know, so I think he just has more clarity than the rest of us. Now, what one thing that Gordon Whitmire brought up was, did he think that Cubs fans were going to kind of ki- give him a break, as in there's going to be less pressure because people expect the team to take a step back? So, and you he know, said, he said no. 
He that, said no. He said that as the ro- and, and this is again. Now all of a sudden, I'm starting to look at what he, the words that he's saying. He says, as the roster stands right now, he sees his team winning a division and a World Series. Says there's a lot of talent within the group, but his goal is to win. So he doesn't expect to have to have any kind of cushion. I think they said soft landing was something, but but he had nothing about it. Um, there's also talk about Andy Green, the the bench coach. Yeah, and Ross that- loves him. Ross spoke him up big time, but it was interesting that he did mention it was Theo and Jed's call to have, or the reporter mentioned it was Theo and Jed's call to have Andy Green as his bench coach. Yeah, he he loved Andy Green maybe a little too much, like because he didn't choose him, he got stuck with him, and it's almost you know it's almost like he's uh. He doth protest too much. Oh, right? Andy Green. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, so funny. Nicest oh, guy you'll meet. Great. Just the best. Oh, I loved him. So talented. He, text, he texts me all the time. The the la- the thing I put here on underlines, he was over the moon with Andy Green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. He was. A little yeah, much. A little, uh, little too and, much. And it may David. all be real, but man, he, I mean, he. He went after it, trying to explain how how great Andy Green was. Smells good. He's a good cook too. Did you know about Andy Green? <laughs> right. He'll be he'll be, he'll open up a restaurant right next to Madden's Post. He's going to take over Madden's Post. No green greens greens. It's going to be veggie, yeah. vegetarian, <laughs> vegan, vegan, <laughs> vegan. Uh, so he what, also, you know, uh, Ross also talked to, you know, uh, another question came about the large amount of former catchers that are actually on the staff. Yeah, we, we, we've we already brought this up on all of our shows. We're like, oh, all catcher squad. We knew this is what, what the way the Cubs should go years, oh, we, years ago. We want all catchers in every position. I mean, we've already got uh, Kyle Schwarber out in the left. He was a catcher. You know, you got the actual catcher. That's well, Javi it. Baez is a backup catcher, and and the way that uh, w- that uh, that Ross was talking about it was that he's just more drawn to catchers as far as they kind of speak the language that he speaks and and just kind of look at the game the way that he does. And he says a lot of these guys check multiple boxes. He brought up Napoli, who we've talked about before. How he he start you know he was a catcher, but then he also was an infielder, one of the best base runners he's ever seen, a really good hitter that protected Ortiz in a big market, David Ortiz in his Boston days. So you know when he talked about the base running and stuff like that, it it sounded like Napoli's going to do a lot of work with the base running and and some infield work. Yeah, I I think that's a good ad, especially because they've all been they all know each other, and I feel like they can create a synergy you know, right away. Cause you got all these catchers talking to each other, you know, right. and you know, when catchers talk shop, it's a different sort of conversation than, than you're having with like, I don't know, Chris Bryant, for example, you know, who's like, Oh, you, uh, you want to watch a Disney movie? And Oh, hold on. I got to call my dad. Yeah. And, but, and we all, and as we all know, that 26th roster spot's going to be taken by a catcher. They're going to have three catchers on this team because that's the key to winning game now, seven. 2016, all three catchers played in the game, played in that game. And who won? Cubs won. People forget that. People do forget that. Now, <laughs> Nobody fucking forgets that. Now, <laughs> uh, the one thing that I did think was interesting, I don't know if anybody uh, noticed or, or paid attention to this, but uh, Kyle Schwarber got married over the weekend to his uh, 
to his longtime yeah, high school sweetheart. Yeah, and Rossi sweetheart. was there. Uh, yeah, they got married, and uh, there was a lot of Cubs there, a lot of Cubs there. And I guess Ross was there, even though I didn't see any pictures of Ross. I saw the the, the World Series starting rotation was there. Uh, Lester was there. Lackey was there. Arietta was there. Uh, Hendricks was there. Hayward. Hayward, Grimm. A uh, lot, lot of guys that were there. Even Chad Noble, bullpen catchers there. They had a lot of guys there. So, you know, they, he was talking a little bit about it and that, you know, how do you draw that line between you, you were once your friend and teammate and now you're a coach, you know what I mean? And he said that some of the players were asking him just questions about like dress code and stuff like that. But he said that he didn't really want to kind of get into these conversations with the players. Now he's going to let them enjoy their holidays. And then when we get closer to spring training to really kind of start bringing that up, but he said that he wanted, and this was a quote that I thought was interesting. So nobody has to cut their sideburns yet. Yet. He said he, he wanted to speak real truth to some of the guys I know and respect and have friendships with. We're going to have some real conversations and hit them with where I'm coming from and what I expect and what I know about them to be true. Now, the one thing that, that we talked about when Joe Madden was let go and, and when Ross was hired, we talked about the accountability piece. The other thing was it seemed like that and we, we talked about how, you know, these guys grow up, but that there was kind of like distance between some of these players that didn't exist before. And he he talked a little bit about that too, about how he wants players doing things together more stretches, warm up, more in spring training, doing things together to kind of recreate that camaraderie. But yeah, and he even said it, it's some of like the like the secondary guys, like some of your bench players, he wants them involved too. He said, it, you know, something about like how he's like, you're not out there with the same guy every day. You got to work with everybody. You know, and that makes that made a lot of sense to me. In fact, it's interesting you brought that up because I thought about uh, being an understudy when I used to do that job on Broadway. And, you know, you'd be just thrust in there with whoever was on that day and maybe you'd worked with them. Maybe you hadn't. And it was always it's always awkward. You know, people have a, a certain rhythm to the way they do things. And if you're not practicing that rhythm and you're not practicing together and doing the same things and on the same page, you can get some really disjointed performances. At least I, I did. And I was like, Oh, I don't like going on with her. I'd rather go on with her because she actually looks at me on stage and the other one is not engaged. You know what I mean? Just phoning it in. And you know that, I think a lot of players, the rumor was anyway, a lot of players were phoning it in at the end of last year, you know? So I think that, you know, getting that sort of synergy, that connectedness, that playing together, I I think you can do a lot. It's that whole sum of the parts is uh, greater. Wait, <laughs> wait, the parts are great. No, the sum is greater than the parts. That's how that goes, right? And and one of the issues we talked about this last season is is you know and ever since Ross left was that the leadership void, and and they asked Ross about that and he said identified and talked to a few guys about what I'm going to expect from them, and uh, you know this is the accountability piece, and he wants to create a certain worth work ethics and he wants people talking to each other. He made a comment about like okay like let's say your day is done. And then you put on your headphones and you're looking at your phone and you're not engaged. He wants people to ask questions. He wants people to talk about the game. And Joe Madden brought the same thing up last year when he kind of talked about how guys don't go out for beers anymore. And he wasn't trying to tell everybody to go get drunk. But but it seems like you guys remember Major League One, the movie Major League where, sure. you know. Oh, I just watched it the other day. Really? One of the all- 
creepy, stalkery love story. But it was really one of the classic baseball movies. But if a the sequel was nowhere near as good, and they tried to replace Wesley Snipes with some other guy and pretend like nobody noticed. But uh, in the second movie, everybody kind of got Hollywood from the team. You know what I mean? And I and I and I'm starting to wonder more and more how much that did affect people as far as as the camaraderie of this team thing because it it sounded from what Ross was saying that that is something that has been kind of missing. Is 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 they want he wants to infect everybody with a positive attitude. He wants them to care together, not just individually. And and I think that they may that there may be something to that. Yeah, I I remember John Baker telling a story about uh, what was his name Carlos Villanueva. Uh, who he played on the 2014 Cubs. And Carlos was running around, just kind of joking around. Everybody liked him, but he, he was calling the Cubs the schlubs, you know, it, because they sucked. And he's like, oh, yeah, what, what, it doesn't matter. We're the schlubs. And I think he might have gotten traded that year, too. And, you know, and that really bothered John. It, you know, as he put it, he's like, come on, we're out here. What, you know, this is before the game. What, why are you acting like we're going to lose the next three? You know, and that and I think there might have been some of that inevitability to probably Joe Madden last year about there was an inevitability to him leaving. Um, there was an inevitability to the team not being as good that year. I, and also the winner's trap idea as well of just, you know, being a little bit too overconfident in your own abilities being like well yeah it works in 2016 should be fine now like worked kind of in 2017 worked sort of in 2018 well let's blame the injuries let's in 2019 it'll be fine but no it's like what happened is kind of this disjointedness within the system that happened really quickly and it happened from the top down you know, it happened with Theo not paying attention, falling in love with his guys. It happened with Ricketts pulling up the pocketbook. It happened with uh, guys kind of checking out at the end of last year because they didn't have the players they knew they didn't to get to where they needed to be. You know, and now it's, I, I mean, I hope we're not in the midst of a teardown and everybody's just giving up, but uh, I, I'm Ross, isn't, if- Ross isn't giving up, but he's got to say that, you know. Right, but I think that it, it's only. I, I think that if you're going to get rid of Joe and you're going to give this to Ross, you got to give that guy a chance to win. Oh, I agree. But and if you're going to start a TV channel, you got to give the TV channel a chance to succeed. And if you're going to build a bunch of new clubs and a bunch of restaurants all around uh, in your buildings, you better be filling your stadium. You know, and uh, I don't know. There's just different cross currents of information going on, and I mean. You know, the fact that we might be KB-less next year and have that hole to fill as well, you know. I mean, who's your starting third baseman now? Bodie? Bozo? That's what we're going to go with? All right. I mean, he he's not the guy. I mean, that's a huge drop-off from KB. But, yeah, you got a guy. I mean, you do have a guy. Well, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> well at least... The guys that will be riding the Iowa shuttle can get high on the Iowa shuttle because uh, minor leaguers aren't going to be busted for weed anymore. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, this is uh, as a result of the opioid death that occurred in Anaheim. Um, And I think that the, the I'm not saying they're in front of it as but they're not putting their heads in their sand like they did with the PEDs. I think that they realize that this is something they have to get ahead of as far as. 
the opioid epidemic. And hopefully they're going to get people to just be honest and go for treatment rather than punitive measures. Yeah. And that's what it was, right? That if they get caught, if they, they pee in the cup, there's opio- opioids, they just go to treatment. Right. right. And, and there's if they no do punitive again, unless you don't go to treatment. Yeah. How about if you do it again? You know, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about that. So it was uh, Tyler Skaggs was the player uh, that died of the opioid uh, overdose, and it was given to him by supposedly somebody connected with the team. And so I haven't heard about what ha- all I've heard so far is that again, if you you if you test positive, you're fine as long as you go into a treatment program. But second or third violations, I haven't heard about. Yeah, well, I'm excited about the weed thing for the minor leaguers because wasn't it Giovanni Soto that got busted years ago? Yeah, I, it, he did get busted, but that was, he was major leagues at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was in the major leagues. This was 2008 was his rookie year. He was rookie of the year. And if you guys remember, this again goes to who's the leaders in the clubhouse. Henry Blanco, Hank White was kind of the guy that would make sure and and he would uh, he would he would be on. Uh, Soto's ass all the time to get in shape, meet him in the wake room, do the work. And then when Blanco got shipped off, you know, all of a sudden Soto just kind of let himself go and kind of got a little bit chubbier and uh, smoking some weed and just yeah, not really I, caring as much. I was really bummed about that because uh, Soto came up in like September 07. He played in the playoffs um, and then he was there in 08 for his full rookie year. He made the all-star game like things were going great i was man i was excited about giovanni soto back in the day like i really wanted him to be great and uh man just after that 2008 year just kind of nothing really happened after that yeah if only he had smoked more weed (laughs) or i mean straight speed i mean speed probably would have helped him not eat as much (laughs) that's true yeah he should be doing blow like like santa claus not weed yeah, like Santa Claus on that sweater. Do you guys see that? That's yeah, San- the, the Walmart sweater. The Walmart sweater is like Santa Claus with a bunch of rails in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and Walmart was selling it. They had to apologize. Uh, so stupid. Is that is that how he gets around the planet so quickly? Yeah, that, well, I definitely put that in the song I wrote for my day job. <laughs> Santa Claus is doing some blow. So... Uh, well, the Ford Frick Award is announced tomorrow. Uh, I guess Pat Hughes is up for it. Yeah, really, really excited about this one. Uh, Pat Hughes is is nominated for the Ford Frick Award, which is for broadcasters. Um, you know, all of us who know Pat, I mean, we, we sometimes we vent on here, we get upset, but one of the great things is, is listening to Pat Hughes. Now, here's the problem with the Ford Frick Award. They only choose, they do it regionally and there's all these crazy rules and you only pick, you, you're only in it once every seven years. So if you miss out, if Pat doesn't get the call tomorrow, then the next time he has is, what is it, 2026 is the next time he comes up? Oh, man. So what, what has happened is you now have this massive backlog of really deserving candidates. Now, I don't agree all of them. I'm, I'm, I definitely, Hawk Harrelson's up for the third time. This is the Pat Hughes' second time up for it. But, uh, you know, it's really, really tough. So I'm really kind of hoping and crossing my fingers that Pat gets it. Now, um, I, I, I've had the chance to meet and talk and hang out a little bit with Pat Hughes. And he's just about as good a, as good a guy as you can ask for. 
Um, he's actually going to be making an appearance uh, this Saturday. I'm going to be there uh, uh, the 14th from 1 to 2 o'clock at the Warehouse Eatery in Deerfield. So if anybody's interested, they can look on my Twitter. I'm going to have it on uh, all sorts of different other places, but and I'll put it on the Ranters page. But Pat Hughes is going to be uh, showing up. He's only charging $30, an autograph, 15 and an inscription, which is really, really a good deal. And he's, they're going to have his bobbleheads, the scorecards from the World Series, and Kerry Wood's 20-strikeout game. It's going to be a fun event, so hopefully people can come and check it out. And I'm hoping that we're celebrating a, World Se- or a, a Hall of Fame nomination for Pat Hughes. Yeah, um, he's definitely great, and you know, I he's a little hokey for me these days, just because I, I mean I've been listening to him for years, so I've heard all his shtick, if you will. But honestly, like his voice is the voice of summer to me, and if Hawk Harrelson gets in and he doesn't, well, then this off season season is just not worth living in. You, know you think I mean? I'm you think I'm fired up now? If the next time we come up, <laughs> Hawk Harrelson is in the Hall of Fame, my head might explode. Put it on the board! Yes, <laughs> that was one. And there that was one of, my, one of my great memories of 2018. My wife got tickets, uh, and it was one of the last games to U.S. Cellular versus or whatever they call it, guaranteed rate, whatever the G spot, uh, whatever that shithole is called. Um, we ended up getting tickets through my wife's work, and we went. It was the, the last game that uh, Hawk Harrelson was going to call, and all he was doing was talking about how he hoped that you know he would go out a winner and that the Sox would beat the Cubs, and the Cubs put a whooping on him, and he was wearing this stupid pink golf shirt, and he was sniveling <laughs> and crying, and they had the video camera on him, and I was just whooping it up, and all these Sox fans were just giving me dirty looks. <laughs> it was glorious. Uh... And I was shitting on myself. <laughs> so don't shit on me. Yeah. Well, Juliana had something to say about that. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's our show, right? Good luck, Pat Hughes. Uh, good luck to Chris Bryant on your new team. <laughs> oh, we, we didn't uh, mention that the Cubs made a, uh, made a signing. Uh, hey, it's Daniel Winkler. <laughs> right. The Fonz. <laughs> yeah. Do we, do we, are we the show that doesn't talk about this? Maybe we are. Okay, so wait. The only thing I want to know is if he's on the team for Players Weekend, is the name on his jersey the Fonz? I don't know, but I, be, I, I do see, be. I do see that there's a, another Daniel Winkler who sells mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> and and they don't test for that anymore. So Dan- bring him on. No, I mean like not magic mushrooms. Um, but, oh no, maybe they are. <laughs> um, Pacific Northwest. So yeah, they probably are. Um, and uh, he he gives tours, mushrooming tours. Maybe it's the same Daniel Winkler. Like this is. Oh his... man. Okay, then his nickname's going to be Mushroom. Yeah, maybe Mushroom Tip. Mushroom. Yeah, here's he's on a show, high intensity health. He's telling people about mushrooms. He's got a ponytail. Oh yeah, this guy. He's going to be a great pitcher if he's that high. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I, it, uh, Daniel Winkler might. I don't know. It's a split contract. Minors, majors guy. And I, I, I was going to ask. I was going to ask real quick here, Danny. Uh, I didn't ask you about the show debut. Which oh show. oh yeah yeah it went great. Uh, yeah, we, the we, white leg. I went and saw yeah. it this weekend. Yeah, Michael went and saw it. What'd you think? It was good. It's. 
<laughs> listen to you. You can't you even go lie. To the place. You can't you go, even lie well. The place, there's there's no really like set dressing and stuff. It's all just the actors. And the actors are very engaging and you really do want to watch them. But I have to admit, I don't always understand everything that's happening up there. Well, you're not a smart man, Michael. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't bring I, there, it up on the show much. But... <laughs> where the two guys on the stage, Dennis, in fact, friend of the podcast, acting as bulls in a Torador and arguing. I thought that was amazing. I, I loved that whole sequence. I was really into that. Yeah, that was that's a cool part. And, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, avant garde theater, and it, it we uh, open to pretty rave reviews. There's only one actually like an okay boomer situation. <laughs> sorry, Bill, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that because he he was sorry, mad. not sorry, because he was mad. We cut all the bullshit out of the out of the script. You, you know, like like there was all this like it was uh, it was translated by a Brit, so we took out all the like old chaps and shit like that. And he's like, it wasn't exactly how I remember it. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Oh, you saw something 20 years ago, and it's not the same as you remember? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. So, no, it was a great opening weekend. The Reader gave us a nice review, if, uh, those of you that know the Chicago Reader. Um, so pe- people appreciate uh, the avant-garde theater. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, uh, yeah, it's going on at Trapdoor Theater if any- anybody wants to come see it. And... Um, I don't know. Hit me up. I mean, it's uh, maybe I can if it's a night that not a lot of people are coming, maybe I can like hook you up. So if you you want to come out, just uh, hit me up on Facebook or whatever on the, you know, most I'm friends with most of you guys that listen to this show on Facebook or Twitter, you know. So but thanks for asking, Crawley. White Plague's kicking ass. And thanks. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Oh, you've got to. And uh, thanks for coming, Michael. I appreciate it, even though you didn't understand a word they said. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't that bad there were times i got a little confused a couple times i was like wait where are we going with this right now well, well people on the, who listen to this podcast have heard that <laughs> heard you be confused before that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> no people everybody listening is going oh my god this guy they're like he starts to talk and we don't know where the fuck he's going half the time <laughs> So uh, I, w- I don't have a TFC, but I did. Uh, I don't know if you guys got them, but I did want to ask you guys a question, uh, which maybe you'll TFC out on. Uh, but if if the Cubs, if the Ricketts bought the team and left Wrigley Field exactly how it was when they came in and did put all the money into the team, no video boards, like, you know, just spent all their money. Their billions went into it and maybe charged us more. Still $10 bills, beers and all that. Would would that have been a better situation? Would we have not, for you, like, would you have rather they left it and put all the money into the team as opposed to the whole, you know, thing surrounding the team? Luxury boxes, all that stuff. Luxury suites. Um, would you have rather that? Would that have been a better situation for you? You know, I, I think that that's a temporary fix. The ballpark was falling apart. The accommodations for the players were just absolutely abysmal. I mean, it had to get done. Did every single uh, club need to be put in? No, but but it was it, it needed to be changed. The, the the place literally had looked like Long John Silver netting on the on the concourse because oh, concrete miss, was falling on people. I miss that netting. 
I felt so safe. <laughs> I, I went one time to see the workout facilities in there, and it, it and 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 I've seen high schools with better gyms than what the Cubs used to have. There, you know, when they used to go to take batting practice, that was when they had the little ball on a string. I mean, it was such a nickel and dime operation. It was so neglected a, for so long. They had a T. The ball was on a string, and they had to pull down a piece of plywood so that you wouldn't hit the TV screen. <laughs> You've got that's how, that's how bad that was. Ball on a string. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, 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 I agree with Crawley. It had to be done. Um, I actually, I don't mind what they did with the field. I'm just, um, I'm only bringing it up because. They went <laughs> double, you know, they paid double for it all. Okay, they say they paid double, but there are things that didn't necessarily need to be done. And as Crawley said earlier, let's see those books because we don't know what the fuck you paid for. Um, Is the Hotel Zachary part of that uh, renovation 1060 or whatever the fuck they were doing? Um it's, you know whatever I, I whatever their plan called for, like is the hotel Zachary in there? Is is the apartments across the way? Is buying all the rooftops? Is all that part of that? Because that's the only stuff that really kind of bugs me. I think the field looks great. Uh, it's is it exactly how I remember it? No. Are there certain you know? There's some nostalgia there that's gone, but I like in general what they've done. The outside looks beautiful. Um, for the most part, I'm on board with everything they did to Wrigley Field. It's as soon as you walk out of Wrigley Field, the feel there is completely different. Inside Wrigley, I'm I'm still feeling the chills. I'm feeling the love. I, I it, it's the Cubs. It's Wrigley Field. Outside of Wrigley, I that feels like I'm in a box because those buildings are so tall on either side and you kind of can't see the neighborhood anymore and all of that stuff feels really that is i don't know much more sanitized than anything they did inside the in inside wrigley and that kind of bugs me and i think a lot of their overruns can be attributed to all that extra shit they did outside the field that maybe could have waited or just maybe didn't need to be done at all. When I, when I look at it, the inside, the only thing that I dislike is they put the Catalina club, which is the one that was right under the press box. I thought that was completely unnecessary, took away seats and took away the flow going across from the left field to right field. I thought that was pointless. The other clubs don't bother me. They're not intrusive. They're not even in the field of play. Like you can't even see them. They're basically just fancy bars inside the, uh, inside the ballpark, the Catalina club. I do not like, I wish they hadn't done that. I like the outside, you know, when I, when I look on uh, Gallagher way and I see kids playing catch and stuff like that, like, I don't know. I, I you know, just kind of, it just, it's just a really, I don't know. I like the vibe. It, it's you, you still, you have your newer Wrigley and you have the older Wrigley where sometimes, you know, I feel like going to like a nice restaurant or, you know, I uh, like getting a good beer at lucky doors. And other times I'll go to Nisei lounge and get myself an old style and a shot of Malor. You know, it's you know, as long as you know what you're doing and you're walking your way around there, there's something for everybody. So, I mean, the only thing I wish is that that cost overrun was going to the team. If they're going to spend an extra five hundred million dollars, well, then get me Garrett Cole. 
You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. But see, when, when you're talking about all this stuff here, this is, like I said, where I kind of get irritated. I don't think it's just this. We're talking like from what we see in our bubble, Wrigley Field, the Ricketts, Ricketsville, whatever you want to call it around it. But this is the, that what they are, revenue streams that are going to – that's what I thought when you think about Boston, you think about other teams. But what everybody's doing right now is the hard cap, the imaginary cap that exists in baseball that isn't necessary. But all the owners right now are agreeing roughly to stay within this two to two hundred and thirty million dollar range. Collusion. Yeah, that's collusion. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And legal collusion. You know, legal collusion. Because they yep, got and, this cap to look at. Yeah. They're protected from the antitrust laws and uh they've got everything going for them. Yeah. They've got the world on a string. Yeah. Well, let me let me bring this up. With a little bit of fun here. My TFC right now, uh, this just came up uh, while we were podcasting here, I think. But uh, Sahadav Sharma writes, you know, talking about the uh, winter meetings. Those conversations are ongoing. Hoyer said about potential extensions with current players. Didn't specify names or if there are multiple players they're talking to about an extension. I would guess not, he said, when asked if anything could be done in a short period of time. So basically talk about Hoyer not saying anything. Bleacher Nation uh, quote tweets it. The Cubs are also considering a number of dinner options, promising options. But when pressed on whether a selection could would be made quickly, Hoyer conceded that dinner is not especially close. And then Sahadov comes back. There was some talk about pizza being eaten in the near future. Not confirmed if it will happen today or tomorrow <laughs> or at all. Could be tacos. Bleacher Nation responds, it's a deep pool of pizza options this year, so I respect the tempered approach. And if a great taco option comes up in the near term, then fine, jump on it. Doesn't have to be this week. <laughs> and I just thought that was a super fun uh, back and forth, making fun of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, everybody run office. Talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My TFC has to do with uh, something we were talking about earlier. They're talking about all the different changes to the drug rules with the opioids and stuff at hardball talk said MLB will remove marijuana from the list of banned substances for minor leaguers. And then at necessary paper wrote minor leaguers can't afford pot anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw that. Well, actually what, what it, truly opens up is another revenue stream for minor leaguers because they can start selling it to yeah. the guys who actually got signing bonuses. Yeah, especially in all those backward towns in uh, in like Indiana where it's not legal yet. Like they can bring it in from Illinois. No, there you go. Bring it to bring it from a state. There you got those long bus trips. Oh, yeah. when the the Rocky Mountain vibe comes to your town, everybody's going to be ready. <laughs> Dude, the vibe's up. coming. Little darling, steer it up. Well, uh, we we didn't we done steered it up enough on this show. So uh, I just I just hope at the end of the show when this is over, your new parody song about KB. Oh, it's uh, playing. From, KB, yeah, KB, Chris KB, Bryant. KB. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> a little bit of a Dolly Parton Jolene cover there. So yeah, that, I hope that uh, everyone gets to hear it when this is over. I looked for it in a lower key uh, because that would have been easier. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but, uh, 
No, it's a, it's original Dolly Key. So, so I, I was I was freaking uh, pounding it out for you people today. And, oh, uh, yeah, gonna, I love it when you pound one out yeah, for me. Yeah, and it, um, I'm gonna play it right uh, right now after I say Spagog. 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 Are we are we back? Yeah, yeah, we are back. Yeah, sorry, we're, we're, we forgot we're to promote. We forgot to promote our shit. Uh, uh, Michael, promote your shit. Yeah, so I I wrote a children's uh, Christmas book called Going North to the Pole. Uh, it's on. It's available on Amazon. Just bam. search Going North to the Pole. Bam, Buy some bam, people. Bam, I really want you to. So go north I, to Santa's pole. Go north to the pole. Your kids will love it, and you'll giggle about the name all night. If you are online and go to www.crawley's clubhouse, I have the Save KB shirts. Uh, in the spirit of me trying to save Chris Bryant, you can go ahead and get a shirt. We also have other great shirts like In Play Runs that you can get. Uh, don't forget to see Pat Hughes in Deerfield this weekend. I'll put it on the Ranters page. And I did see the John Vincent show, which was phenomenal. We'll be back up again this weekend, so check it out. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. Crawley's Clubhouse. We always forget to promote that. Actually, you've got an entire T-shirt line, an that, entire T-shirt line that it, uh, that MLB slapped me down a little bit, but I'm starting to come back. So he's back, baby. And they, uh, they did. They slapped you down for what? Uh, they tried to sue me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, they... But but for what? What was it? Like uh, copyright infringement. There was. Uh, they didn't like. Uh, I hated uh, Clark the Cub, and so I came up with uh, a variation of my own mascot. And it had a C on the jersey, and that, and they own the. I guess the Cubs own the red letters. They C. own C's. So if your name is Charlie, your name is now Harley. Congratulations. Um, yeah, fucking bastards. They they came for a lot of people we knew actually. You, Toussaint, out in the left field corner, and a couple other names I recognized. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to promote is uh, we're going going Cubs Christmas caroling. Everybody meets the twentieth of December. At Nisei Lounge at 7 o'clock, and we're going to sing Cubs Christmas songs and walk around Wrigley while getting drunk. That's an easy sell. I so wish I could be there for that. It's an easy sell. Last year, it was so much fun. By the time it was done, I think we doubled the amount of people, just randoms, just started coming with us and following us. Yeah. It's better than Tinder if you're looking to get laid, let me tell you. So (laughs) now we double Spagog. Spagog. Spagogabog. Spag- all right. I tried to double it. No, that's triple. Now we got to do- promote something else. KB, KB, I'm begging of you, please don't trade that man. KB, 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 KB. are run by billionaires who want to trade your favorite player because Theo has spent all of their money. Our young superstars cost too much. The team is facing budget cuts, but they'll never compete without KB. He hits them far and hits them deep, but building hotels isn't cheap. Cost overruns, renovating Wrigley. But Cub fans want Chris Bryant back, so Ricketts pay the freaking tax and sign a big extension with KB. 
KB, 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 KB. I'm begging of you, please don't trade that man. KB, 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 KB. Oh, why does BK Ricketts hate the fans? VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.